0: Hello, and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your life transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Let's design your life. Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, life transitions, and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. Okay. So, today's topic is what to do when we want to control others, and we're going to talk a little bit more about how we are not really able to control others, but what we should do for ourselves when we want to. Uh, So, let me get started with a little bit about what that topic means and why I chose it. I've been married for 35 years, and a lot of times people will say, that's amazing. How do you guys do it you know uh well, that's a really long-lived marriage and we say that to anybody who's li- who's been married for you know 30 years or more we tend to uh think that that's a really big deal but it really comes down to allowing your partner to be themselves and you taking responsibility for your own thoughts and feelings and actions and when you can do that and not try to manage each other it really is conducive to a happier life and a longer-lasting relationship. So how do you feel about that topic, Toby?
1: Well, um, the context is difficult for me because I'm single and not married.
0: You've been married. But so. I have been married. <laughs> and you've um, dealt with people in the past.
1: And, uh, and what you discover over time is that it is almost impossible to control people unless you use some very specific psychological tactics. And then at that point, it becomes unfair. And basically, at the point you choose to use those psychological tactics, uh, you've gone beyond controlling to manipulative. Uh, And uh, so the best thing to do is manage yourself rather than trying to manage other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't mean in a business sense. Of course, in a business sense, you have to manage people. But that's why they call it management and not controlling. That's right. Uh, Because there is a very... A distinct difference between someone who wishes to manage a situation and someone who wishes to control a mm-hmm. situation. Now, again, that doesn't mean it is impossible to control the situation, but at that point you're going to be using tactics and tools and techniques that, that are generally frowned upon and you've gone uh, past control and into manipulation. And you can see it in the media almost every day uh, where they're, oh, not try- they're trying to... The
0: is yeah, audio is working.
1: Audio is <laughs> working. I know audio is working. Even though we can't tell on here. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I was married and uh, I had six kids and I tried to manage the relationship with my spouse and I tried to manage my, the relationship with my children uh, because the minute I tried to get into controlling either or both of th- th- those, either spouse or children, um, they showed signs of rebelliousness because they knew not only were they not, not only was I attempting to do something that they didn't want to do, but uh, that uh, felt a lot like manipulation. And because they are free thinkers and free spirits and free willed, uh, they're going to respond to it. It's going it's to hurt the relationship more than it helps it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay.
1: Those are my thoughts on the matter. They could be completely wrong because.
0: No, I think that's good. Good points. Very good points. Um, So let's start talking about what we call the manual. And I'm going to just lower my chair a little bit there. Okay. The manual. What happened? (laughs) The manual. I lowered my chair.
1: Oh, oh, okay.
0: I was feeling too tall. Mm. Uh, The manual is just what we call the instruction book that we've written in our minds for somebody else. Which would include our expectations of how people would behave, uh, what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, and what they need to change about themselves in order to make us a happier person. And that's the manual. Uh, we really need to throw away the manual. That's why I'm bringing it up. But The manual says, I'm going to be very upset if you do not behave in this particular way. Or, you hurt my feelings when you do or say those things. Or, you need to change these things about you to make me happy. That doesn't work. <laughs> the truth of it is, adult people have the ability and freedom to behave however they would like. And we need to learn how to accept that. Uh, does it doesn't mean we don't have boundaries. But boundaries are about us, not about other people. Boundaries are, if you do this, I will do this. It's how we govern ourselves, not how we govern other people. Uh, The truth is that we also have the ability, the right, and the freedom to act however we choose. And there's nothing you have to ever do, and there's nothing that anyone else ever has to do for you. Those are all choices that we make. Everything we do and everything other people do is a choice. We don't want to get into a manipulative situation where we're constantly trying to control another person so that we can be happy. Or where they're trying to control us because no one is ever going to win in a situation like that. We need to take personal responsibility and realize that our thinking causes our feelings. It doesn't matter what Toby does. It doesn't matter. He can't hurt my feelings. Only I hurt my own feelings by what I think about what he said or did. He could come into the room and be all pouty, and I could take it very personally, or I could just think to myself, he seems to be having a difficult day, uh, and then just let it go. It's up to me if I let it affect me or not. Someone else's behavior cannot determine how I feel. It's only what I think about their behavior that determines how I feel. If he were to say to me, I don't really like that shirt on you. I could take that very personally and I could say, oh, you know, he hurt me so bad. He hurt my feelings. I love this shirt. Or I could think, well, I guess it's just not his style. He doesn't like the color or whatever and just blow it off and don't worry about it. It's my choice. How I react. We need to separate requests from expectations. I can ask Toby anything I want to ask him, and he's totally free to say yes or no. I should not be expecting things from him without asking and having his consent. When making requests to people, you don't want to tie your emotional life to the completion of those requests. In other words, if I were to tell my kids... um, You know, it would make me happy if you would do this, this, and this. And they want to make me happy, but they don't want to do that, that, and that. They have a conundrum there because I have emotionally blackmailed them by saying, if you do these things, then I'll be happy. And I can't be happy until you do those things. So we try not to do that to each other. Whether they decide to honor those requests or not has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. In other words, if I don't want to do it, it's because I don't want to do it. Not because you asked me, right? You tell me, go out and do some yard work. I don't want to. It's not because I don't, I have anything against you or your yard. I just don't like yard work. So let's ask ourselves, do you have manuals for other people? Do you expect certain behavior from your spouse, your child, your friends, your family members, people on the internet, anybody, your boss, your coworkers, anybody in your life? Do you have expected behavior for them? And what happens if they don't meet those expectations? Then what do you think and how do you feel about that? Believing others have the same values, ideas, and rules that you do sets you up for disappointment. If I think, you know, everybody should feel the way I feel about politics, religion, uh, relationships, uh, everything in life. They should think and feel the way I do because what I think and feel is right. Well, I'm going to be in for a world of surprise and hurt, if that's how I believe. Um, I need to believe is that everybody's an individual. We were all brought up in different ways with different values and ideals. So we need to allow that temperance for those differences in each other. Thinking others know or should know what you want or expect. Reading, you know, you should read my mind. You should know what I want. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows that when you have a good friend, you're supposed to call them at least once a week. Everybody should know that. If I expect people to know that without ever having told them, again, I'm going to be disappointed and hurt. So I need to explain what it is that I want and then allow that person to choose whether they want to come through on that or not. Benefits of trust. We're a lot calmer if we don't make their behavior mean something negative. Again, if Toby comes into the room and he's being all pouty, I can make that about me. I could say, oh, he must be mad at me. Oh, it's something I did or said. I wonder what it is. Um, I could get all worked up and anxious about it. Or I could just say, hmm, and ask him the question, are you feeling okay today? Uh, hearing their perspective leads to understanding and compassion. I'll tell you about a friend of mine. She was newlywed. And she thought, you know, when I go to bed at night, my husband should come with me and we should cuddle and then we should fall asleep together. And that was her idea of a good marriage. And he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to go to bed when she went to bed. And that set up this dynamic between them where she thought, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want to cuddle with me. He doesn't want to come to bed with me. What's wrong? Finally, one day, she's just asked him very respectfully, why don't you want to come to bed with me? And he said to her, that's the only time of day that I have to myself and I just really need some time, some down time, some alone time with my own thoughts. Well, after she heard that, she immediately understood and felt compassion for her husband and her need, you know, just wasn't as strong because she understood that his need needed to be taken care of first. So she allowed him to meet his own needs and not force him to come to bed with her just because she thought she needed a cuddle um, every night before sleep. Otherwise, it wasn't a good marriage. So we need to be careful about those things that we've set up in our mind. Oh, it's a good marriage if we do this. But if it's not, it's not a good marriage. So we need to be careful about those expectations and and, uh, ask other people, for their perspective before we jump to conclusions did you have any comments on that because i know you guys uh you told me that uh you because you had children small children Mm. you all very often did not go to bed at the same time Mm -hmm. that your wife would go to bed early you would go to bed late she would get up early you would get up late and how did, how did that work out for the two of you?
1: Well, um, we always knew uh, from the beginning of our relationship that I was a late-night person, mm-hmm. that I need that time alone to do whatever work, to do whatever thinking, to do whatever creative thing I was doing. And she was just the opposite. She was an early-to-bed, early-to-rush. She was, she was in bed as soon after the children were in bed, put to sleep, as she could be, mm-hmm. and I made it a point to say my goodnights and to show her some form of affection that I just wasn't ignoring her because I was responsible kind of for putting the kids to sleep. I was the story reader, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. And because I spent so much time uh, away from home, I felt an obligation, you know, that when I was there, that I would do those things uh, for them. Um, and I made it a point to go in there and say my good nights. Give you, you know, recognize the fact that she was in bed earlier than me. But by the same token, when she got up early in the morning, uh, she didn't work to. She didn't make an attempt to wake me up because she knew that that was my... And
0: you didn't grab her and say, "Stay in bed." And yeah. No. 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 No, no. No. Because <laughs> I knew
1: she. You know, she was she was downstairs at five thirty, mm. and uh, doing stuff. And and you know, fortunately, our 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 house at two stories and we couldn't hear anything but she was busy at five thirty, mm. and then the kids would wake up and and get ready for school and kind of and it was always that way i was responsible for getting to the, them to bed she was responsible for getting them out the door and that and we each got our respective number of hours of sleep uh and it became important when we started doing foster children foster babies uh because i was responsible for that last feeding that putting them to sleep and they would get you know and then i'd go to bed she would have already been in bed so she was ready for them at five thirty. so they would get that three to four hours sleep that they needed between the last bottle and the first bottle of, of the day and she would be there to give them that so it you know it was it was something we learned i, I suppose we recognized early on in the re- in the marriage uh if not the relationship and um and we worked with it there was no demands to get to bed occasionally of course you'd you'd say uh, let's let's watch a movie and go to bed, or, um, uh, you know, there were times where it didn't make any difference. But for the most part, because of our operational procedures, if Mm -hmm. you will, it worked out for both of us, Mm -hmm. you know. So uh, neither one of us tried to control uh, the other in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other thing that you mentioned, you you mentioned that, you know, you used the example of me being pouty. I I could always tell when there was something wrong. You know, I could tell what, what what that there was something that was bothering her <clears throat> and i'm not sure whether she recognized that that was a way to for me to engage in what was going on you know i don't think i don't i don't know if she thought of it as manipulative but i was very sensitive to that and as you well know i'm very sensitive to uh, people's what people are experiencing at any given point in time and it was true for her and it was true for the children um and uh, so I, I didn't feel like I was being controlled. No, I think sense. in
0: that case it's more of a mirroring. Right. You're yeah. allowing her to see herself in, you know, in what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing this, and I'm mm-hmm. seeing that, and what's what's happening? Do you want to talk?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And generally speaking, I think the only time, uh, like you say, the only time I, I fall into that trap of f- of manipulation via pouting, for example, uh, is when I'm doing when I'm you know, what do you call it? I'm channeling, channeling my, mother. my mother. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you only focus on trying to control yourself and your responses to how other people behave, then what do you imagine your life would be like? I think it's calmer. I think it's, you feel a lot less angst about, Oh, what did they, what did they mean by that comment? Or, uh why didn't they do this that or the other thing you know when you have expectations for how people are supposed to behave you look for any little thing out of the ordinary and you use it against yourself uh that they must not like me or um they must be mad at me or uh, and and then you build up this whole life of worry and fear that is totally unnecessary um and when you just allow them to be themselves and you have no expectations or um, you know you're not blaming them for anything and you're not expecting anything of them uh out of the ordinary then it's just it's just a lot easier life i think
1: and people are people you know you can't you can't hold everybody uh, in the world um, especially if you care about them, up to your standards. You can live by your standards and hope that they learn from your life by those standards but you can't force those standards right. uh, upon them I
0: mean that's not why you get in a relationship with ship with somebody anyway uh-huh. you want somebody no. who's complementary to you uh-huh. who has those things that you don't have uh, and who has an interesting life that you know you can get invested in not because oh they're exactly like me so I want to marry them
1: Yeah that would be <laughs>
0: <fun>. <laughs> That doesn't usually work out So here is an exercise for you to do on this topic. If you're interested to change your thoughts, write down what you want from another person. If somebody you might be having some difficult uh, feelings or frustrations with, uh, write down what you want from them. You know, I want... I want my husband to come to bed when I go to bed. I want my husband to take out the garbage when, I, you know, when he's supposed to. I want him to do this. I want him to do that. Or are, are your boss or your coworker or anybody in your life you might be having some uh, tension or frustration with. Write down what it is that you really want from them. Then think about how would you feel if they did those things voluntarily? Would you love them more? Would you be less frustrated? Would life be easier? And then, can you feel that way about them if they don't do those things? Because they are an individual, and they may or may not do them. Can you love them anyway? Do or do not. <laughs> there is no try. Uh, do or don't. It's So spoken choice. by Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi, if I remember correctly. Oh, Yoda. Yoda. Okay. If you want something done are you willing to do it yourself why or why not Um, I want the dishes done I want the floor vacuumed I want the bathrooms cleaned am I willing to do it myself sometimes not every time I want other people in the house to do it as well right Uh, and so I can make that request or I can do it all myself or I can let it go those are my choices Why should another person be required to do something they don't want to do? Uh, If my husband doesn't want to clean the bathrooms, why should he be required to clean the bathrooms? Otherwise, I'm going to be upset with him. Why should I have to clean up the backyard if I don't want to? Or he'll be upset with me? Uh, It's not fun. Let's not go there, right? If you can't let it go, be willing to do it yourself, right? Right? If I must have the dishes in the dishwasher every night, or I throw a fit, then I should be willing to do it myself. So here's a thought model on this topic. Here's a circumstance. Um, my husband doesn't do yard work. And I got this off of another podcast. I'm not mad at my husband. <laughs> uh but say your husband's not doing something that you think he should be doing. And it could, so you could put anything in there instead of yard work. Or your wife, if you're a man uh, and you have a wife. My wife doesn't do su- such and such. And I will wish you that she would. Uh, so we'll start with this circumstance. Uh, my husband doesn't do yard work. And I have the thought about it. If he loved me, he would do the yard work. Or he promised when we got married that he would always do the yard work. Or something similar and that causes us to feel frustrated or upset or unhappy in some way and then our action might be to give them the silent treatment to inwardly seethe ah he doesn't do what I want him to do or to yell at them Uh, and the result is a tense relationship not not gonna be a happy time there let's change that to a new thought model Again, the circumstance will stay the same in the thought model. The husband doesn't do the yard work. Thought, well, I can request that he does the yard work. I can do it myself, or I can hire somebody to do the yard work. I have a choice. When I realize I have a choice, I feel empowered. And then I decide, I will take care of my own needs for the yard work. If I must have it done or I will be upset, then I will take care of it myself because it means something to me and it doesn't mean anything to him. And the result is a respectful relationship because I'm not mad at him because he didn't do this thing that I thought he should do.
1: So I think one of the ways to avoid attempting to manipulate a situation is to have a conversation about the situation. Yes. So one of the things that we agreed upon when we were married is that there is something that needed to be done uh, that we would have that conversation. So if, uh, if uh, uh, Laura needed a patio to be built, uh, she would say, I would like to have a patio built. Do you want to do it? Um, or should I have someone come in and do it? And if I have someone come in and do it, are you willing to pay for it, right? Are you willing? Because it, it, it wasn't a matter of her just spending $5,000 on a patio. It was a matter of we had to agree. But she always gave me the option. And there were times where I was comfortable doing it. I am not, I'm comfortable laying concrete or building a table. I am not comfortable building up an entire patio with the rocks and the especially when it was attached to the deck, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I can't do that. So just get somebody get somebody to do it and uh, and here's your budget. And um and I, I think that worked. that model worked out well for us mm-hmm. because she was she knew that I was capable like it like if the if the lawn needed mowing, right? She would simply say, the lawn needs mowing, because that was my responsibility, right? We didn't... But that
0: was <coughs> your choice that it was your responsibility. Right.
1: That, that was always my choice. Right. It was, I never, if, the, if the lawn needed mowing, I never said to anyone, and children, sons included, the lawn needed mowing, right? I would either do the lawn, or I would tell one of the boys, I need you to mow the lawn, It'll you'll make twenty bucks, right? I always had a, a financial incentive. Uh, but if Laura said the lawn needed mowing, I, I would do one of two things: I would either go out and mow the lawn the next available opportunity, or I would say, "Call the landscaping guy. I'm not going to have the time to do it," or or whatever. But it was always an a, an agreement in the sense that she would express herself, as opposed to, you know, standing at her kitchen wit- window and watching the grass grow out in the backyard and getting angrier and angrier that the lawn right. was not being mowed. I think what what was good about the relationship is that neither one of us had a problem expressing our thoughts enough so that we could have a conversation about it as opposed to, you know, the like you said, either the silent treatment or the screaming of, when are you gonna get the lawn mowed? You know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think the conversation, the, the recognition that you can't control somebody by either yelling or being silent, mm-hmm. that you can only control yourself. But in controlling yourself, that's the beginning of the conversation. Right. When you're ready, when, when you've got yourself in control uh, about it, that's the point at which uh, you're ready to have a conversation. And uh, that's a lot better than walking into a room and yelling. Yes. Anytime. Yes. Or walking because into Once room.
0: the emotions get involved, uh, the thinking goes out the window. <laughs> so we have to be in charge of our own emotions and our own thoughts. So here's my recommendations on this topic. When you're feeling frustrated by another person's behavior, examine your own thoughts. What am I thinking about this person and this situation? And then take ownership of those thoughts. These are my thoughts. I can choose to think them, or I can choose to think something different. Remove blame and judgment. If you're thinking blaming thoughts, it's all his fault. He told me he was going to do this, and then he didn't do it, and so now everything's ruined, and it's all his fault. And when we do that, we're not going to get anywhere productive. So remove the blame and the judgment and just say, uh, the circumstances, the lawn did not get mowed. Not he's a lousy husband because he didn't mow the lawn or anything like that. Just the facts and then your thoughts about those facts. Uh, then respectfully request, Excuse honey, would you mind mowing the lawn today? It's, it's getting a little long. I'd appreciate it. And he can either say, Yes, I will do it, or No, I cannot. And if it's No, I cannot, and it means that much to you, you have a choice. Do it yourself or pay somebody else to do it. Getting angry about it isn't going to serve you. Decide what you will do. You have that total choice. You have that total control over your situation and what you're going to do about it. Anything you want to add? Mm
1: -mm. No, that's good.
0: Okay. Here's another choice for you. Reach out and join the Softer Side member vault at eSofterSide.com. We have many courses in there on stress release stress relief uh inner peace um we have courses in there on communication and all of this is free and available to you at eastafterside.com you can join our facebook group which is uh open to anybody who requests to join and you can just go to the softer side, um, at the softer side on Facebook and you'll see the little visit group. Click on that and ask to join the group and you will let you write in. We have this video and all of our videos uh, on podcast available on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Play and Apple Podcasts. And again, you can write to me at thesofterside.info at gmail.com. And coming up next Tuesday, Brilliant Advisory Monthly Mastermind. I would like to have a peer-to-peer group where you tell me what's going on. Um, I get to hear back from you. What's working? What's not working? What do I need more of in the softer side? You know, Um, I want to be able to offer the kind of topics and information that is useful to you. So uh, there's a link in the description box below. Just click on that and uh, answer the question that's the topic question we're going to start with at BAM and uh, that's going to start next Tuesday so check out that link in the description box. In the live chat room here's a prompt for you. What are your challenges when it comes to wanting to control others? We're going to go to the uh, full screen and see who's in the chat room and open up the phone lines and we're here. Let's have a conversation and say hello to Teresa Longo and Jody Bolt in the uh, Facebook room. Hi, guys!
1: And in the YouTube room, we have uh, Sean Martinez. I love Lucy Huli. Uh, there are a couple of other people there, but they haven't um, uh,
0: said anything. Said
1: anything? Huli says, uh, "For decades, my stepmom has been trying to teach me to live without without expectations of people. I want my forty seven year old step brother." to get a job and support himself, not manipulate and use our parents. (laughs) And um, so, Mm -hmm. part of it, uh, one of the the things that you have to recognize is that you have to realize, you have to recognize as an individual when somebody's trying to control or manipulate you, and you have to respond to it. So, Mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of responsibility Mm -hmm. that's involved in the individual uh, uh, making their own choices, not allowing themselves to be manipulated, not to, uh, not allowing themselves to be controlled. So there's a very and and we see y- you will see it. I've seen it in my family. Uh, you will see it in families where there is a symbiotic relationship between the controlling party and the party that's being controlled. And it's very difficult for anyone to get in, in between them. Uh, because invariably you're going to make one or the other, and sometimes both, mad at you for doing exactly that. Trying mm-hmm. to uh, so uh, because
0: they've they've reached a comfort level with their right. relationship, and yeah. they try to change it uh, is disruptive to their. Uh, they get that cognitive dissonance, and they and it makes them uncomfortable, and they yeah. don't want to do
1: it. Yeah, in the latter half of her life, uh, uh, long before I was required to take care of her, my mother was married, uh, so. You know, her first husband died when uh, she was very young. We were very young. And she waited for years uh, to even uh, show interest in other men. And eventually she showed interest in a man that I was actually kind of worried about, but I wasn't around, you know. Um, but I'd come to visit, and invariably I'd get a call from her about what was going on in their relationship and ask me for help, and I'd come to help. And then three days later, they were both mad at me for trying to help. And I realized that I can't, I can't help I can't, you can't help. They have to help. You can make them aware that the situation exists uh, and you can hope they, that they respond to it. But uh, in the case of your stepmom, until she st- tells your, uh, is it your stepmom, Huli? Let's see. Her stepbrother. Her stepmom has been trying to teach me to live without expectations, mm. but she's dealing with uh, her stepbrother in, in exactly the way she's asking Huli not to uh, behave uh so uh until they both recognize it until they're both aware that there's a controller and a controlee, e if you will a manipulator and a manip- manipulate mm-hmm. um that un- until that that uh, you called it something that the bond is broken right there's this bond this there's symbiotic a comfort level yeah, that they achieved comfort, with right.
0: their relationship and that's how they they've built their own expectations of each other And this is what he does, and this is what I do, and they're comfortable with that. Even if it's not a healthy thing, uh, even if it's detrimental to their welfare, they are comfortable with it, and to change it would require some cognitive dissonance and disruption in their lives, and that to them is scary enough that it keeps them in their patterns. Mm-hmm. And the same thing that occurs with uh, any kind of domestic abuse situation where the, the one person is a, uh, will not leave the situation because they've developed that this is my life now. This is what I know. Uh, this is what is known and what is comfortable to me in a mindset pattern. You know, this is what I know. Anything beyond that is the unknown. And the people are so afraid of the unknown that they won't even step outside of that
1: relationship. And in the case of my sister it became that uh, what it what it ended up as uh for her as a result of what you just described was that victim mentality mm-hmm. that she knew she could re- re- rely upon yeah. to get the attention that she required. It wouldn't solve the problem, right. but she floated between the uh, ugly relationship between her and her partner mm-hmm. to victimization to sympathy that that was a temporary salve on all this. Right back to the abuse of the relationship. So, uh, Huli says, um, I'm still struggling. She says, we will be forever disappointed if we have expectations of others. (laughs) I believe if we live in a community uh, are part of a family, etc., there are certain expectations that are valid. Question mark, she's asking. I have stopped speaking to him as he lives in alternative reality and doesn't deserve my attention, time, or emotion.
0: And that's your choice. Right. And it's her choice to continue to have him in her life. Uh, the best I think that you can do is to ask her uh, what she wants out of that relationship and if she's getting what she wants out of that relationship. And if the answer is yes, she is, then you've got to step back and let her live her life. Uh, if she's not, maybe talk to her a little bit about what boundaries she could institute. And boundaries are about us. You know, if you do this, I will do this. And I've heard on my coaching calls some ladies uh, whose mothers are very overbearing and come to see them more than they want. And it's been suggested that if they don't want their mother to come over unannounced or mother-in-law to come over unannounced and come to their house and start playing with their children, uh, if they don't want that, then they need to set the rules down that you have to call me set a time that you're coming. I need to know that you're coming and then you can do that. But if you do not, I am locking the door and I will not answer it. And then you have to stand by that. It's just like being a parent. Uh, but you're only, you know, you're saying what you will do. These are the consequences of that behavior. Um, there's a whole nother show boundaries, (laughs) but, uh, that's something that we have to deal with, with expectations Uh, When people are, when we set up our expectations, we need to let people know, okay, here's what I'm expecting or wanting from you. And if this does or doesn't happen, here's what I will do or not do. So just to get it all clear and out in the open, so there's no misunderstandings. And if they get angry, I told you that's what was going to happen.
1: And it's going to be, I think, in the case that you're describing, uh, Huli, where it's your stepmother and your stepbrother, it's going to be ever more difficult if he's not a stepchild to your mother, if he's a natural, you know, a child to your mother rather than a stepchild. Um, Because the the stepchild is always going to have to experience some of those uh, difficulties just because they are the stepchild. Um, And... You know it really does sound like a codependent relationship where they're they're feeding off each other's uh, respective angst and uh, using it to control the other until that's broken until that bond that 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 particular type of bond yeah. is broken then nothing nothing makes progress and and as Shelley suggested and as you uh, suggested there there's there's a point at which. It's hurtful to you, what, what you have to do, you're responsible for yourself, you're responsible for your self-protection, you're responsible for your happiness, and um, if you don't feel like you can ever make progress with this thing without their help, and when they ask for it, one of the things, uh, so I had a, a, a my sister, uh, the only girl in the family, uh, was loved by my father, by my mother, but was a total mess, just a total mess, her entire life, and uh, I, I tried several times uh, to become involved and got nothing but pushback because um, I, was, uh, I wanted her to be perfect and uh, she wasn't perfect like me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and then there was a point at, at which I...
0: There was a lot of judgment going on in there, Yeah. Like <laughs> just yeah. in those statements alone. Right.
1: And uh, there was a point at which I felt like my responsibility now is to my children and the health of my family and uh, what they need and what they want. She was an adult. Uh, She was capable of making her own living. What she did with the money, I I didn't particularly care for, but that was her choice. Uh, And then she had this amazing, as you described, codependent relationship with my mother. And it it was painful sometimes to be around the two of them uh, because you could see it. You know, you could see what what they were doing to each other, and you would try to cure one, and uh, it would last for a while, and then that one would get angry at you for picking on the other, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And this so is sometimes
0: kids need to fly the nest and yeah. not come back. <laughs> yeah.
1: The the best thing is to let 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 them find their own way and allow yourself the luxury of occasionally making a suggestion so that they can you know at least look in different ways. But it's a terrible place to be because. Yeah. Uh you you see the uh, the because
0: uh, you're only going to get the anger and and the negativity aimed at you, even if you're just trying to help. Uh-huh. Uh, if you try to get in the middle of that, and they're not ready for it, uh-huh. it's kind of a family counseling situation. So yeah,
1: yeah, he's the biologics here. She said Morgan he's the b- and
0: Rick. Or in the Facebook room, hi huh guys. Uh,
1: Shelly says he is the biological son, so that's why. The
0: and yeah, Toby's dad had to deal with uh, blended families and to a point, and um, so um, yeah, I have a stepdad, and but that happened after I was married, so you know, I didn't have that whole. Craziness going on mm. when I was growing up it was it was pretty steady until after I got married myself
1: Well, the advantage is they were all blood to me, regardless of whether they were blood to uh that's true to the others so it, so I saw it as my responsibility
0: and even when you had foster children, you still treated them as if they were your own, so
1: dangerously so, I wanted and, to keep them all yeah, you know, but you knew that going yeah in. yeah. Sorry, I have so to don't
0: give it. your babies to Toby to hold or he'll never give back. <laughs> <laughs> my baby now. <laughs> yeah,
1: and well, what was funny about it is we, I never even thought about it. It was something that I had never even thought about. And, um, and uh, uh, I, we all knew that uh, my wife loved babies. I mean, people would say, Laura just loves babies. And I knew it because the minute the girls, uh, who were her children, the, t- the children between the two of us, the minute they got to be experienced, the independence of going to school, and dressing differently from the way she wanted her little girls to the dress. Giant bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, she just <laughs> turned them over to me, like, okay, now they're your stuff. Go play soccer or something. But what was um, what what happened was as the last one went off to school, uh, Toby Renee, who's now thirty, uh, uh, Laura went to Catholic Charities, and. Uh, and signed us up for taking these foster babies. And Catholic Charities, I don't know how much you know about them, one of their areas of responsibility is taking um, uh, uh, children uh, from women who have decided not to have an abortion, and then take the baby and have it placed in foster care. Foster, not just foster care, but with foster parents. Uh, but there's a, a paperwork period. And so our responsibility, what she signed us up for without my she actually forged my name on the document. And, uh, and uh, what that signs you up for is you get the baby.
0: Statute of limitations on that, I guess. Uh, right.
1: <laughs> you get the baby as soon as it's uh, out of the hospital, literally within one or two days uh, after it's born, and you hold it, uh, you take care of it. Until uh, they go to their foster parents. Or their the adoptive parents. Their adoptive parents. I don't mean their real parents. So you're taking them from their real parents who have agreed to do this. Or at least in biological the case of the woman. Parents. Their biological parents. And turning them over to, these, uh, to their uh, foster parents. And uh, so we would have them sometimes as little as two weeks. Uh, but sometimes as long as 12 months. And we did that 24 times over a seven or eight year period, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, but the girls got to be really good babysitters.
0: I should say that, of course, these expectations don't really apply to anybody who's not an adult. So if you're raising children, uh, then, of course, you're going to have expectations of their behavior, and you're going to be teaching them how to behave. That's totally different. Uh, Or if you are a boss with employees, you are going to have expectations for how they do their work, and that's totally fine. Well, I think that's it for today. I want to thank you all for being here and for all your great questions and comments in the chat room. And
1: I'll see good.
0: you again on Friday. And for the softer side, I'm your life transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelly Carney and Toby Yunis. Please write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at Visit the free Member Vault for more great tips and ideas at esofterside.com.